The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Welcome to another edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Sunday, March the 29th, 2020. And that was Heaven Help Us from Stevie Wonder. Heaven Help Us All from Stevie Wonder. And, well, I don't want to sound too alarmist, But we are in a situation right now that is very critical. And we want to start off with a a few thoughts. One of them is this. We are in a situation now that's very critical. Not only here in the United States, but in Europe as well. I think the and, and in the African continent as well, by the way, because I want to talk about that as well for a few moments. But now the Western and Central Hemispheres are really in a critical moment, to say the least. Here in the United States, we have governors who don't really care about doing their jobs correctly, at least a couple of governors, um, one in Mississippi and one in Alabama. Now, in Mississippi, um, you have a governor there, I forget his name, his first name is Tate, and he has decided that Oh, there's no need to lock things down. There's no need to do any of this, you know. And just this really reckless, brazen, stupid and, you know, mindless thing to do is unbelievable. It's it's just a really disastrous calculation that's being done that's going to end up not only putting citizens that he is governor of in harm's way, but actually killing them. There are high populations of elderly people in the states that I'm about to mention, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. Florida has a governor who doesn't seem to care. And I know I say two governors, three governors. Florida has a governor, Ron DeSantis, who is literally banning media outlets, some of them, from attending the press conferences and attending some of the 
things that he, the governor, is doing. I mean, this is how authoritarianism flourishes, especially in these moments where we have a pandemic. And at that point, and I've said this before in The Politocrat, I've said this before, we have people who then take advantage of a situation where people are in fear and are confused and are scared and are being terrorized. And then out of that comes people who, in leadership positions, use their power against the people and then become these most draconian, authoritarian, autocratic, tyrannical figures, dictatorial figures. And you're seeing that with Ron DeSantis in Florida as he disregards a lot of the advice from the utmost health professionals. He has just decided to close down access to some of the media, like the Miami Herald, for example, who, and I think the Tampa Bay Times or whatever that paper is, one of the papers of record in Tampa, Tampa Bay, Florida, he has denied them access to these events. And this is very dangerous stuff. This is what Hitler did. He started um, closing down the press, banning access. And now you've got Ron DeSantis doing the very same thing in Florida as governor of Florida, Republican governor. Same thing as Republican governor in Mississippi. You've got a Republican governor in Alabama, Kay Ivey, who is putting citizens in harm's way, is looking at reopening all access through Alabama. And um, she's never really closed it down, but she's looking at getting people back to work and all of this kind of nonsense for Easter and afterwards. And I mean, this is just insane. This is just insane. So... You're looking at that, you're looking at Europe and Italy's death toll continues to rise daily. It's alarming the number of people who are dying daily in Italy, many of them elderly, but a lot of people also under 50. So this virus has really laid waste to many, many thousands of people. And it is important now to be fully aware of the of how serious this is. I think people are grasping it. Here in San Francisco, there is general adherence to social distancing. I mean, there's still some people who are not complying. You're always going to get that. Quite frankly, you're never going to get 100% compliance with anything. Um, and certainly not with social distancing, even though... Um, I would call it physical distancing, but there you are. Um, but in Europe, it's getting darn serious now. You've got Italy with, you know, alarmingly daily statistics of people dying from this virus. You've got a situation now in the north of Italy in particular um, and other areas of Italy as well in the South as well, as well, where people now are desperate because there's been a national lockdown which has prevented people from even going out. No food, no access to grocery stores. They've all been closed, pretty much all closed. It's been a complete shutdown of the entire country. And now what you're seeing in Italy is an exposure of those who are poor and who are living on the margins to begin with now at their wit's end, at the very last, at the very end of their tether, 
people who are unemployed, people who are um, sub, you know, you know, seasonally employed, people who, you know, were just laid off or whatever it might have been. And they are really, you know, the poor. They are at the margins. You've got people who are even talking about revolutions if the government doesn't act there in Italy. And this is a real, real concern. And when economic depression comes and when these kinds of things happen, you do tend to get unrest, social unrest. And I am hoping that that we don't see that, but history teaches us that that is inevitable. And it is how government leaders behave and act and respond in these critical situations that really governs all of this. You know, the Prime Minister of Italy is more of a right-winger than anything. He's quite quite far-right, or at least considerably right-wing, and bends toward the autocratic, authoritarian way. Although there was an aid package announced yesterday of, I think, something like $4 billion to help out people in Italy. And that was supposed to be commensurate, commensurate immediately, happened immediately in the cities of Italy and the towns of Italy. So we'll see if that happens. But these are very desperate and troubling times in the African continent, in Italy rather, you know, these numbers keep rising. I mean, you're talking almost a thousand deaths a day. 900, uh, 919 on Friday, I think something like 800 and some odd yesterday in Spain. You know, these are problematic. This is really serious. In Spain, the the death toll continues to rise. And there's been a national shutdown in Spain. There's been a national shutdown in, in France, to the best of my knowledge. And all of these countries were caught unawares. They were not prepared well at all for this. Not at all. And you're seeing the ramifications of that now. Um, I expect that the spread, and I hope that the spread of this virus gets contained in the next month or so. But... The idea that people would be going out uh, for anything other than groceries in the countries where they can do so or anything other than extreme medical emergencies or helping somebody who's, you know, you're a caregiver and you need to assist someone elderly who is in severe uh, conditions. The, the idea of people doing anything but those things or brief exercise is really unconscionable right now. This is re- it's really unconscionable. And on the African continent, you're getting more and more people dying from this virus as well. In South Africa, and I saw a report about this on Sky News yesterday. In South Africa, you're seeing situations where there are people who are not obeying this curfew at all, this this um, order to stay inside. And when you think about it, why would they? A lot of people are living in in barely constructed huts and shacks with corrugated metal, uh, corrugated metal holding it together. And you've got six, eight people inside one of these small little huts. How, How are they supposed to stay inside when all they want is fresh air? It's a very difficult situation when you've got eight people or six people living in a hut. barely sheltered it's very difficult and you're seeing people contract the virus there 
You've got very poor oversight and enforcement. You have in, in this Sky News report that I saw one police officer trying to direct hundreds of people to wait for groceries and they're all huddled together. There is no um, two meters or six feet of distancing between anybody. They're all huddled together. Hundreds of people, thousands of people and one police officer is directing all of that. I mean, this is nightmarish. It's really nightmarish. And one lady who was in line said, look, look at, look at this. We, this line is not spread out. We're all close together. If I had the virus, I could spread it to this guy. And she points to the person, this guy who is directly in front of her. Or I could spread it to someone else, everybody on this line. And, and, and she just threw up her hands. So it is a very critical situation. And um, you're hearing in Australia now, um, according to the prime minister there, um, and this guy was just reelected in a narrow situation, narrowly last year. I think his name is Scott Howard, um, the prime minister of Australia. He has said, apparently, that this lockdown and this kind of situation could last for another six months. So if that's the case in Australia, where, of course, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson were just two of the people who contracted the coronavirus in their summer. So much for, well, it will go away when it gets warmer, Donald Trump. If, if the Prime Minister of Australia is saying six months, then you should best believe that people in various other countries should be saying the same, if not longer. I was saying that I wouldn't be surprised. I was saying this to someone just yesterday, actually. I would not be surprised if we were dealing with this until the end of this year. And that we may well be. And again, this is completely my speculation. It's my opinion. You know, it doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It could be less. It could be more. But I, I, I've been saying to people I know, and as I said, I was saying to someone just yesterday, I think this could last until December. By the end of the year, we could still be dealing with this. And then maybe just shortly after that, um, things will dissipate or get a little bit better. But we have to prepare for these possibilities. And we have to protect ourselves with information and information coming from trusted sources. And sadly, I think the, this fake news thing that Trump throws out there is so poisonous and so damaging because you've got people throwing that line out at trusted, reputable news sources while people like Donald Trump continue to lie. Very, very dangerous. But I want to get back to this whole thing about the rest of the world and the way we're looking at this. You've got Boris Johnson, who has got the virus himself, is under quarantine for seven days. He should be doing that for much longer than seven. But there you have it. He's writing a letter and sending a letter to every household in the United Kingdom. That's about 30 million households, where the population total is 67 million people. About 30 million households in the UK. Every known household in the UK is going to receive a letter from Boris Johnson about um, about what's going to be coming and, and, and warning, basically, that he um, may have to get tougher now 
what does that mean? You know, Boris Johnson has shown some of his own tendencies to be a bit more toward the autocratic side. Um, but he has been humbled here lately and has been forced to um, start to put some serious measures in, impose a lockdown. Not It's not a complete lockdown, but it's pretty close. Um, no more than two people um, on the street together. I mean, that's almost a lock. Uh, that's almost, you know, virtually telling people, look, um, you need to be in at home. And he is telling people that. Um, and if and people have already been arrested in the UK and cited for and given fines for having more than two people on the street at any given time. But this letter is saying, among other things, is that he may have to be tougher. And that probably means a complete shutdown of the country. And there's been murmurings in the UK Parliament um, amongst officials, maybe Michael Gove is one of them, um, that this could go on until June, which I think is a conservative estimate. We already know here that Donald Trump has said maybe July or August. Now, here's the thing that is so ridiculous about all of this. If Donald Trump a few weeks ago said maybe July, maybe August. Why is he now saying, well, by Easter. We can have this thing contained and we will be able to go back to work. What changed in a week and a half? I mean, this guy is completely clueless. What changed in a week and a half? Either he's clueless or he is malicious and has intent to do major damage. And I think it is the latter. On the one hand, a week and a half ago, he was saying, oh, July or August is when this thing could go on for. And now this past week, he's been saying, Easter, we can have the churches packed at Easter. I think it's a great idea to open up the country again and have people go back to work. Understand something here. First of all, you, Donald Trump, did not close the country down to begin with. It was the states and their governors, through their governors, who were doing this. And and about half the country's states, governors, have basically told people to shelter in place at home and have imposed a lockdown of their states, pretty much, with the exceptions for essentials, grocery store shopping, etc., etc. So, you know, th- these, are, these are some realities here that we have to look at. And Donald Trump is doing major damage to this country now. He's doing it to the infrastructure. He's doing it to the administrative state, which is what Steve Bannon, his racist right-wing friend and cohort, has been wanting to do and has talked about openly. He had Steve Bannon in his National Security Advisor meetings as part of his National Security Council early on in his administration. People have already forgotten that before 
Trump kicked him out. And I think that might have been at the advice of Jared, uh, excuse me, Jared Kushner, who is Jewish. And I say that because Steve Bannon hates Jewish people. He's a racist and he certainly does not have any love for them. And there was a power struggle going on between Donald Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and Steve Bannon. And obviously in that case, Jared Kushner was always going to win. And Jared Kushner, by the way, has done a lot of damage as well. He's been the one whispering in Trump's ear saying that, well, you know, you don't need to listen to these governors. And he's not been largely not been listening to them. You've got Andrew Cuomo screaming at him daily. And and Trump basically going, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. And it's serious stuff. You've got Trump talking all this nonsense about April when a week and a half before he was saying July and August. This is very dangerous. It's very dangerous. And, you know, we have to listen to our state's governors here in the United States. And unfortunately, there are three or four governors down there in Florida, down there in Mississippi, down there in Alabama who are misleading their citizenry and basically playing the game of Pied Piper of Hamlin and leading them all to their deaths. I hate to be so grim. I think it's really important, though, to highlight just how serious all of this is. And when you've got someone in the White House saying, well, I think we better look at quarantining, ordering quarantining for New York and New Jersey and Connecticut, when he actually doesn't have the authority to do that, only the state's governors do. Then you're dealing with someone who is in full dictator mode. This is really serious, folks. And I would hope that people pay full heed to just how serious it all is. Justice. Uh, just the other day, the president talked or was hoping about the possibility of reopening everything on Easter Sunday and in a way where we could kind of come out of this uh, quarantine uh, as loose as it may be that we're involved in. And Lisa Booth, the Fox News contributor, is here to talk with us tonight about whether hey, or not Judge. that's even a possibility. How are you, Lisa? I'm good. Well, I mean, that was Judge Janine Pirro on Fox. I believe that was Saturday night on Fox News on her show. Um, Drunk as a skunk. Three sheets to the blooming wind. And this is the kind of stupidity that Fox is trafficking, has been trafficking now for many, many years. And this lies, these lies and this misinformation and disinformation, outright lying to you. And of course, the saddest thing of all is that she is drunk on the air. And if any network had any self-respect, they would have avoided that disaster. And Janine Pirro is bankrupt. And it's sad because now you're not only making a disgrace of her and she's making a disgrace of herself, but you're also mocking people who are alcoholic, quite frankly. And 
also making an example of them in a way. And you're also tarnishing the media uh, in such a disrespectful, disreputable way. There's been an attempt now for several years to attack the media to the point of trying to make it seem less relevant. And that fake news tag that I talked about is something that is really damaging, really damaging. And these attacks by Trump on reputable media at his campaign rallies, because that's what they are now, campaign rallies, you know, these things do damage. And there are people out there who internalize these things. So we have to be mindful. Information right now is the key. Information will save our lives. And what you just heard there from Janine Pirro, I mean, just not true what she's saying, as drunk as she is. You know, they say that when you're drunk, you tend to be more honest and truthful. Um, Well, she still managed to lie. Oh, well, you know, when Trump reopens the country, well, first of all, he didn't close it, as I said earlier. He never closed it. He never ordered any kind of federal um, shutdown. He declared it a national emergency, but he did not impose anything. What he did was impose a 15-day guideline through Mike Pence to observe the guidelines for protecting yourself from the virus, but he never ordered to have things closed. He never ordered the federal government to close. He never ordered anything like that. Bear in mind, under his tenure, there's been at least two, if not three, government shutdowns. Mostly over petty politics from him. People forget these things because, of course, most people aren't interested in this or they're just too busy worrying about the real-life situations that they have right in their faces, right in their homes, right in their communities, right in their families. But I can tell you that that's what's been going on. He never did have, he never did, quote-unquote, order a shutdown of the country. He never did. He never, he never closed anything. And quite frankly, once again, he doesn't really have the authority to do that. I think that's also vested through Congress. By the way, in terms of elections, he has no authority to shut the elections down either. I want to make that clear to people. For those of you who may be concerned about this November's elections somehow not happening, he needs Congress to do that. And I know that presidents sometimes run roughshod and, you know, they go to war without consulting Congress. But Congress has to approve this. And even if he were able, even if he were to say, oh, I want to shut down the elections, he couldn't. It would be dependent upon Congress and the states. And then granted, there will be some Republican states that probably wouldn't have the darn election. But, you know, that's a whole nother story. I mean, I really want to focus on the issue of what's going on here. And it's just dangerous, this kind of misinformation and and lies. And Janine Pirro and all of Fox News perpetuate this and perpetrate it. And, oh, this light quarantine, this mild, it's not mild, this is serious, this is not mild, this mild, Lightly, this light quarantine that we're in. No, 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 no. This is serious. This is not light anything. 
that this is the kind of thing that will get people killed. And you saw the situation here in the United States. I forgot which state it was in. It was somewhere in the South, I think, or maybe in the Midwest, where there was a couple who took this fish tank cleaner, thinking that it was this, I forgot the name of the drug, um, chlorothin or whatever the heck it was. And they took that and they put a, they ingested fish tank cleaner with this chemical in it, this drug in it, thinking that it would help them uh, in their fight against coronavirus. It killed the woman's husband and the woman herself is now in ICU. She's still in ICU, intensive care unit. That's the danger. And, and she said that she heard this from Trump and they listened to the press conferences many times over and many times. These daily campaign rallies that he's giving and they listen to that. And these are the lies that Trump kept telling. And these lies are literally killing people. Trump is literally killing people by speaking. So this is really a very dangerous time. And I urge people not to listen to Donald Trump. And quite frankly, the only person you should be listening to if you're ever going to watch those campaign rallies of his is Dr. Anthony Fauci. He is the only person that I trust on that podium. And I don't even watch these news conferences anymore, these campaign rallies, because that's what they are. I would not listen to anybody else. I think Dr. Deborah Burks has now crossed over to the dark side, if you will. I've talked about that. And saying that Trump trusts science. I mean, she was on the CBN News Network talking, CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network, that is. And she was on there talking about, oh, you know, Trump trusts the science and he looks at the data. No, he doesn't. We know that's a lie. She told a few lies last week. Washington Post documented it. So this is a really key time now. And we really have to be careful of all of this misinformation that is being passed along and these lies, outright lies that are being passed along. It is doing us immense damage. These mixed messages, these confusing messages and signals being sent. And for the State Department, Mike Pompeo, who it now is clear, according to his February 7th press statement on his website, and it's, if you hurry up, you might still be able to screenshot it before it gets scrubbed, where he sent millions upon millions of protective equipments to China, PPEs, back in February, February 7th, if not before then. That was the date of the press statement, the press release. I mean, he had announced, and there's video of the shipments coming in to China, more than seven or eight million PPEs. I mean... I mean, that's just disgraceful. Masks, gowns. I don't know if there were ventilators included in there, but he sent all of this, his State Department sent all of this to China back in February. So my question for Mike Pompeo 
And I think it's a question that he really should think about answering. My question to Mike Pompeo here, and he really should consider answering this question. Since you had this sent to China, all of this, all of these things, the personal protective equipment that you sent there, some seven or eight million pieces of it, whether it's masks or gowns. Why haven't you done the same thing for people right here in the United States? Why haven't people all across the country, doctors, nurses, and other caregivers, people who are on the front lines against this virus, trying to save lives, some of the people who are doing this are catching the virus themselves. Why haven't they yet received these protective equipments? Why haven't they received these PPEs? I mean, you've got doctors and nurses all over the country wearing garbage. Ge- I mean, you've got doctors and nurses wearing garbage bags. You've got doctors wearing garbage bags and Halloween masks. For God's sakes. This government is doing this deliberately. This government is doing this deliberately. And what we must do this November is vote them out. End of story. Anybody who is a Democrat must be voted into the White House. Anybody who's a Democrat must be voted into all of these other offices on your ballot. Democrats, just vote for them. Whoever they are in your city, whoever they are in your state, make sure that you fill out every piece of ballot that you are looking at this November. And let's get rid of these people out of office because they really have damaged the office of whichever office it is that they are claiming to represent. They have done immense harm. And they are literally, these Republicans, literally killing people with their neglect, with their lies, and just with their lack of humanity and lack of empathy for people. They are not helping people at all. They are only hurting them with lies and misinformation and not giving them the responses, the services that they need at this time of crisis. This is very concerning to me. And it should concern you. You've got people in London. There's a paramedic in London talking about how he is seeing a lack of social distancing there. Boris Johnson has a lot of work to do. And he's got coronavirus. Matt Hancock, the health secretary in the UK, he's got coronavirus. And you've got other people who are, you know, isolating themselves for a week or two. For a week. Should be longer than that. Should be two weeks really. So there's a lot of work that he will have to do. And if you've got paramedics. Saying. That. There are. There's a lack of isolation. A lack of social distancing. And that he has seen many people. Not adhering to this. 
Boris Johnson is going to have soon enough no choice. I thought I've always said that, although I don't like the idea in in any other situation. I do think that these states should be really doing what Italy has done, and what Italy has done, as I've said, and what Spain has done, and what France has done, is close down the country. And I think that these governors will have to start doing that. I think closing down their states. California, I think Gavin Newsom should do it. You've got these cases in New York continuing to go up. You've got, although they are doing more testing, which I think is very good. California's numbers, I don't think accurately represent just how many people have this virus because the testing isn't there, largely. But we're in a situation now, I think, where we will actually absolutely have to start really telling people, look, you can't go out except for exercise. And even then, you know, I mean, people can exercise at home if they have the physical means to do so. But I I think that we may see this. And then what I am worried about is what the governments will then do after that. That's the worrying thing for me, as far as I'm concerned. I'm just being really plain with you, straight up, and telling you what I am seeing here and what I'm thinking. And I hope that this doesn't come to pass. Um, But, you know, it could happen. We'll see, though. Here's, Here's what a paramedic in London is saying about this and and um this is pretty brutal i mean he's just being really honest here this is about a minute and a half or so hello i'm a paramedic in london i wish to show you my experiences whilst currently dealing with the coronavirus outbreak my first thoughts are that actually people aren't following the government's advice People aren't social distancing. They aren't staying inside. I've seen more people out and about today than I have before the lockdown was put in place by the government. People are going out and not social distancing from each other. It's shocking. This virus is serious. It's killing the most vulnerable in society. And if if we don't contain the peak, if we don't create a plateau, we will not cope with these patients that are gonna that are gonna die from this. We are not we we can't not follow the advice. It's plain and simple. Stay at home, protect the NHS and save lives. It can't be clearer than that. And I, I what I'm finding now is that more people are outside, more people are getting in contact with their families and we can't it's difficult to enforce but i can't understand people's logic when you're outside and 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 going about your daily business the tubes are full spreading the virus if i i i i I struggle I'm, i'm struggling to see how we're going to contain it if we don't if we don't follow the advice that's being given by people who know more about this than any of us do thank you I think that we should heed the warnings 
of that paramedic from London. His voice was slightly disguised um, for obvious reasons. And I think we should really heed that warning, not just in London, but everywhere. It's a dose of reality that we have to look at. And hopefully you've been doing that. So I continue to say, be well, be safe. Please practice social distancing, physical distancing. And keep in touch with your loved ones. And stay focused on doing the things you need to do to keep your mind healthy and active in these difficult times. This has been the Politocrat for Sunday, March the 29th, 2020. I'm Omar Moore, and I can be found on Twitter at the popcorn R E E L. That's the popcorn reel. Thank you for listening.